how dumb for having Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas and a happy new year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 53. It's the Christmas edition of the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast today. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever and a day, who catch up most days, even, in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me, as always, is Scotty. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is the grand finale of the year. 2018. A huge year for us at the podcast uh, we've probably done 30-odd episodes. Yep. Had amazing guests this year. It's been... Our audience has grown probably oh, 200%. Yeah, 200%. Uh, Scotty and I have interviewed some of our, our absolute favourite players, our heroes. Yeah, so look, uh, we'll, we'll obviously at the end um, say our kind of a little bit of our thank yous, but look, it's always humbling about how this year has gone, the how much our audience has grown, how much our little podcast family has grown. It's unbelievable. And, nice. um, and yeah, it's just here thanks to all the guests who have come on for people who are just, you know, it's it's all free. <laughs> have, have absolutely no need to come onto this podcast. Seriously, they really don't and they do it for free. Yeah. And look, uh, tonight, obviously, Grant's going to um, introduce... Uh, a great guest we've got. Who we got, Grant? We tonight have got, again, another incredible guest that Scotty and I are both sitting in here just smiling our heads off that we can actually get onto our dinky little podcast in your front room in your house. Um, it's the uh, former Essendon captain, 243 games, nine times representative for Victoria, Premiership player in 93, in which he also won the Crichton Medal. The Michael Tuck medalist in the 94 preseason grand final, and Essendon captain in 96 and 97, Mr. G.O.D. himself, <laughs> Gary O'Donnell. That's a resume. That's a serious resume. That is a serious Essendon legend resume. Yeah, look, we're absolutely thrilled to have Gary on. You probably, probably even noticed uh, us tweeting out to a few people just to see if they'd be interested in coming on. Uh, and Gary was kind enough to uh, respond and say, yeah, I'd love to come on. So uh, we'll talk about his career, go yep. over, I guess, a few key events that happened in his career. So hopefully it's of interest. We've we've done a little bit of research uh, about Gary's career and yep. obviously being Mad Essendon fans, we know a bit as well. So we'll, we'll cover off his, I guess, key areas and key years in his career. And we may even talk a little bit at the end about the, at the team at, in 2019 to see what his thoughts are and yeah, where absolutely. our list is at and where we need to improve. So speaking of where the list is at, we're also going to cover off the, um, in the podcast tonight, players that are on the periphery of selection, a bit of a mix of players that, that you might've thought might've got more minutes in 2019. Knocking but down the door. We yeah. Like the, knocking down the door and then maybe even we'll slide in there players that, I don't know, like, you look at like yeah. someone like Paddy Ambrose or something like that. Like, is he going to be in our best 22 or is he just on the outside? So we'll cover that off in a bit of a chat as well. But um, we're looking at the clock. It's very close to us giving, uh, give, giving Gary a call. So we'll, uh, we'll give Gary a call and we'll come back with him coming up next. Thanks, guys. Talk after the break. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a Tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three 
And on the line, we have Gary O'Donnell. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, guys. Yeah, pleasure to be with you. Look, uh, we're so excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, when we were having a, I was having a bit of a discussion with some Essendon fans. We, we're getting a, a little bit of a, a base, good cult following here. Uh, and, and you're one of the names that came up of people who wanted to hear from. Uh, so um, I'm, I'm really appreciative of, of you um, reaching out and, we obviously sent out a, <laughs> a little bit of a, would you mind doing it, Gary? And, and we really appreciate you responding and, 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 taking and giving us some time. No, no, no problems, guys. I realise, you know, Ben Doolan, Maddie Banks, Simon <laughs> Eastall weren't available, so you've, you've come to me. Oh, I can't believe you've actually asked me after you've done half. Surely I could have been first before Wait, him. I, I, we're sitting here looking like downtrodden dogs now because if we thought we could get the former Essendon captain, 243 game legend of the Bombers, we would have come to you, Gary. I mean, okay. have you not apology, heard of the Lunchtime Catch-Up no. podcast? I mean, Apology accepted. No, it's, uh, I'm living in Perth at the moment and it's um, going far and wide. Good point, good point. Well, um, just... Hopefully, Harves isn't listening, but trust me, I had your number on my on my jacket, not Harves. Yeah, oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> uh, you just well, yeah. You, you could take you could take the O off if yeah. you uh, got annoyed with me, and you'd have Harves. So yeah, exactly right. right. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, the jumper had Coleman on the back. So. Well, there, that's. Uh, that's <laughs> I took I took one overhead mark in my career. Come on, you you've done plenty more than that, Gary. Hey, that was a training. <laughs> that was a training. We yeah. were, so look, we wanted to discuss a little bit of your career and um, look, one thing, uh, look, we're, we're diehard Essendon fans who have, we're probably in our mid forties and uh, Windy Hill tragics. Uh, so I probably, my first thought of you is, is, is yourself playing probably, I think after about 50 or 60 VFL games, if I'm correct, can you talk us about that part of your career and, and, and sort of. What led to you finally getting a break? Yeah, it took a while, didn't it? Like a uh, year in the under-19s and then three in the reserves, so uh, in the VFL back then. And, um, yeah, look, the sides were strong, 84-85, premierships obviously, but um, it's it's taken till the end of um, 87 to get a game. So always, if I was going to be good enough, I was going to play at Essendon, obviously being out at Ringwood, as uh, where I lived, and we were zoned there, playing at North Ringwood. Yeah. Played with Paul Salmon, so he um, he was uh, he played about for what four years before I did, yeah, and then he was having that great year in '84 and did his knee. But yeah, um, yeah it was look. Uh, there were times when you thought uh, it mightn't happen, but uh, I suppose the club might have seen that little something in me that they kept me on for so long before I finally got that game, and when that happened. Uh, it was, uh, um, I went from strength to strength. When, when I coach, I always told blokes, you're playing for a career, not a game. Uh, back then, I was just playing for a game. Just want to be great. <laughs> week but, after uh, week, yep. you know, yeah. Um, yeah, but back then, the VFL was quite strong too. So you played against, um, you know, quite a few senior players in the reserves and you know i got matched up against them and that that's only good for your development so yeah but it took three four long years but um everything turned out okay now and speaking of that sort of time does the club um you're a young kid you like you said you're playing game to game just trying to do your best and the club obviously clearly saw something in you but do they 
do they communicate that to you as you're toiling away each week trying to do your very best? Do they have little chats with you going, Gary, we like what you're doing, keep this up, keep this up, or improve here or improve there? Yeah, there wasn't look, wasn't as many coaches back then. You had the senior coach, Sheeds, um, and then you know, virtually everyone else was part-time. Um, you know, Robert Shaw was my coach. Kevin Morris was my first one, so he was for a few years, and then Shorey for, for a couple of years, and you know, they were – Probably your old style coaches. Um, yeah. You know, they t- they tell me Shorey was pushing the name up in '87, especially for quite a while, but it, uh, he didn't get it through. But um, yeah, look, I, I think you know you just you probably have a a little bit of a, a catch up with a senior coach from time to time, and you know, coach. I know I've coached. Coaches will tell you anything to you know they'll, to uh, any reason why you're not playing. But you know, look, I just had to. I was very raw. I was very young. I was a baby in footy terms, yeah. and probably ne- needed that that time. One one bloke in my uh, career. One night we're in the gym. It was about my third year there, and and Brian Wood, senior player, Richmond, yep, uh, premiership player, and an Essendon premiership player, and he's come to me and said, "Gary, you know, keep at it. I reckon you'll make it." And that was just enough. Yeah, you know, just sometimes it's just a senior player um, saying, um, you know, whether he believed it or not. To actually say that to you gave you a bit of a boost. So, yeah. you know, when when times were were down, you thought, "Geez, it's never going to happen." That was the sort of thing that um, was a, a real uh, stimulus to keep trying. I, and uh, testing my memory here, did, would you did you start out in the VFL part as a defender, then sort of work your way to midfield? Oh, virtually, look, we most of us come to the AFL clubs as as mids, you know, or you know, your key position if you're tall. Um, so you go to an AFL club and then look in the other nineteens. I played a bit of back, a bit of mid, but yeah, you know, once I was you know, in the seconds, yeah, mainly in defence. But then they'd throw me uh, chasing the best player in the mids in the opposition, so you tag, and that was so, good. Yeah. You know, you you'd be able to play on. You know, these Grant lorries or uh, you know those types coming coming back from injury that uh, would uh, you know obviously you know good players in other sides and you, know, you just you just learn from that. So um, did you have any? Yeah, uh, like, did you have any bunnies? Did you have anybody that you you, uh, you knew you had every time you played them? Oh uh, yeah, look, um, Greg Williams, uh, Pearl Couch, <laughs> uh, Gary Hocking, uh, all of them. Like, just line them up. Just know? average names. Just, just no, yeah, average footballers. No. Look, the the minute you think um, that you yeah, look, all those blokes much better players than I ever was. But the it's moment debatable. you thought you, had, the moment you thought you had anyone, uh, the game bites you on the bum pretty quick. Okay. So, uh, yeah, to be able to maintain a sense of humility. Uh, work rate and respect for both. I suppose for yourself, the game and your opponent is what's going to keep you in the game for a uh, you know a long period of time. Now that's coaching Gary O'Donnell if I've ever heard it. One oh one. One oh one. Can I can I ask Gary earlier on in your career uh, when you did finally make it to the seniors? Is it is there a moment in time or a game or something that you? you realised that you belonged? Like, was there actually something you went, actually, I can really play this game and play it well? Uh, I think it was my first game. And I, uh, I hear a lot of guys after their first game, you know, get interviewed and they say, oh, yeah, jeez, I belong. You know, I, there's a lot of work to do after after one game. But just to be able to play and run around with 
the big boys was just it was, it was the last game of 87 it was against Collingwood who both couldn't make the finals but it was a great game at the G I think it was only about 30,000 there but uh, five point game 22 goals to 21 you know Got, I got on at half time. No, uh, no rotations in those days. I ran the boundary for the first half, just running in front of the old coaches' boxes and the members, hoping Sheeds had noticed me. Uh, didn't get a run till half time. Paul Vanderhaar was injured and didn't come back, and I replaced him. Birch and I went on to Peter Dacos, and uh, you know, the rest is history. But just to get a, a crack at it and a chance, and I suppose being the last game, but then. But going into the next pre-season, you went, geez, you know, this is where I've got to be. This is where I've got to improve. Um, I've got a taste for it. Geez, I'm not going to throw away uh, a chance if I've still got one of, of getting a career in the in the next year. Mate, I, I, the one thing I do love about talking, and here am I sounding like I'm a veteran of it, but I do love talking to the, the ex-players such as yourself because you guys, Fed Income, have photographic memories. Like this game, I came on at halftime. I replaced Paul Vanderhaar. I went on to Dacos. I had 15 touches to that time. And then I just, I love the fact that you guys have such vivid memories of those, the games that stick in your head. It like I, I can remember playing at um at Eastfield Park for for um for Croydon in the cricket. I couldn't tell you how much I scored, where I scored, or who I played against. But it's it's interesting. Harves did the same thing. He can just recall. Um, these great games that he was involved in, and it, it must be really, um, it must be a really good feeling every now and then. I know you've you've probably moved on a lot from your playing days, but it must be nice every now and then when you're just sitting having a beer with not much to do to have a think back of those memories. There's plenty of games you've forgotten. Put it that way. Yeah, the ones <laughs> but, where uh, yeah. the ones where Gary Hocking lit you up. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, look. You always remember your first game, but yeah, there's there's obviously a you know, probably a couple of games a year that, that stand out, and you mightn't remember all about them, but there'll be particular things that that happened, and, and they're great. And what jogs memories these days is watching Fox Footy as well. They have the in the off season yeah. they have all the reruns of different oh, games. I love it. A few of them have been on in the last month or so of our ones that we're well, geez, where we've lost by a point, etc. To Sydney, but we've had some. Yeah, uh, good results too. Ninety-three final series, etc., and they've been on quite a bit. So that helps jog memories. Well, let me go back to a game that. Speaking of memories, <laughs> that probably you don't remember for for not the best reason. Um, there's obviously a famous Richmond semi-final game uh, that's well known for many nights tearing us apart, but also. Um, I was on uh, Wayne Campbell that day. Yeah, so. it wasn't, wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> it wasn't me. Wasn't yeah, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> well, I must admit, part of my question actually uh, was, do you think Richmond targeted you? Um, and for the audience, he, uh, Gary gets knocked out. Uh, yep. uh, do you think Richmond targeted you because you may have uh, been a tagger on Knights in the second half? Uh, I wouldn't have thought because no, I was... You know, it was just one of those things. You know, Scotty Turner, he took his opportunity. Uh, didn't even, you know, no report, no sighting. He'd probably get, you know, he'd walk off with six weeks. Exactly this, right. Uh, these days, get more, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, that, that's just, that was footy. He actually ran through quite a few. But, you know, Dave Grenbold, I think, was seeing stars at one point. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah, know, we, we just, we probably had... Yeah, I think it was three on the bench in those days, 95 from memory, I think. 
we probably had four blokes crook. So we were we were running on you know five cylinders rather than the eight, and and they were over to uh, able to overrun us in the in the second half. Matty Knights, yeah, as you said, kept them in the game in the first half. I think kicked you know four of their five goals or three of their four goals to keep him within you know five or six at half time and he was the catalyst but um i, I can't quite remember because i'm still seeing stars <laughs> from the hit but i think i was still on campbell at that point but who knows yeah, um, look, does that have last uh, does that have any lasting effects on you those kind of do you still do you still have any um, ongoing stuff with when with, with these kind of hits that just gets discussed uh, yeah i, I think i, I at times, you know, I, I've never seen anyone about it, but at times I, I have trouble remembering remembering things, remembering names short term. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, not not big enough yet, but that may well be the case. I reckon there was, in my career, I had three times where I virtually woke up in the rooms and probably three other concussions, one a minor one, two pretty solid ones. So you're talking five or six in a career. Yeah. You know, who knows what's going to happen um, I'm 50, 53 now. I can't even remember how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, yeah, who knows in the future what, what effect that might have. Um, you can't worry about it. But, um, yeah, there's, you know, it's, it's just a, the nature of the, the beast, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. And I guess, um, again, from a, from a fan's point of view, Gary, we, we sit here every week and we watch the boys run around and we've watched you run around and that sort of that disconnect between us and you in that each week we just want Gary O'Donnell to come out and get three votes and, and do really well on a football field. Oh, he got knocked out. Oh, I wonder if he'll be back next week. Oh, well, maybe he will or maybe he won't. It's, it's, it's a disconnect between us and the reality that, uh, that footballers and the heavy toll that, um, that physicality on a football field can have after a career is over. So I, I, I don't know if you'd agree, but I'd like to see more footballers talk about, what the toll of a of a long AFL football career can have on your body, like and you, you hear rumours that Dermy's walking around on half a leg and his hips fused to his back and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> he's he's a Hawthorne legend and all that sort of stuff, but geez, he's paid a high high toll. I just I I don't know from a fan's point of view. I'd, I I want to say thanks, like for for just putting your body up week after week after week for us flogs in the stands. Yeah, I I think the benefits outweigh the. The, uh, the the cons, I suppose. Um, yeah, oh, look, I, I I can hardly reach my foot on the right side. I'll need a hip replacement. Well, I probably need one now, but I'm just prolonging it. So uh, yeah. There's, yeah. there's one thing that's come from my career. But okay, you put there's there's a lot of contact, a long career. There's a lot of training. You know, it's quite rigorous, etc. Yeah. But just the local bloke at the local footy club has the same sort of contact etc um and you know it's just that's just the nature of, of contact sport i reckon so no, I, I wouldn't elevate us in that regard in as far as injuries go um compared to the the local bloke who's who's played his two or three hundred games yeah but he's well. not he's not backing back into a pack with maddie richardson uh, at full bore coming in to take a mark though. I mean, he's... Or, he's, or big plugger, yeah. Or big plugger or someone like that. Like, seriously though, if... if and, and Oh, Scotty wants a question. He's chomping at the bit. But seriously, if if you thought... If you saw plugger coming, you'd get out of the way, wouldn't you? Well, geez, you'd have to... Um, oh, seriously. Look, are, are you smart or are you dumb? That's yeah, it. Like, there's that, courage the and then there's just stupid. Oh, <laughs> just, oh, at that time, well, yeah. 
Well, um, I tell you what, halves wouldn't get out of the way. No, so hard, but halves is stupid. He's stupid. Yeah. He's stupid. <laughs> 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 you'd, uh, you'd, yeah, you'd ask for like a Ryan O'Connor to put a switch, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, just, yeah. yeah. we could chuck Ryan O'Connor in there. That would have been good. <laughs> hey, Correct. Uh, hey, so let's... I think one of my all-time favourite games is 93 prelim with, against the Crows. Um, and it's funny because one of my... just that There's just some memories you have, and it's one is an 84 grand final, Leon Baker. But I actually have this memory of you putting us in front with a, a kind of a actually a low drilled um pass that kind of turned into a goal um uh, but it was like a really skillful kind of low bullet kick um it, how, how does that how do you remember that and 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 just even that day is it in a weird way is it, is it just as exciting as a grand final day that kind of win well, let me get it straight. Here's how I remember it. It was a hundred meters out, and it was a torp, and it was into the, and it was into the breeze on the run, and it was on my opposite foot. Opposite foot. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was low and drilled. It was a little handball from uh, Tim Watson. Sort of went low. Um, I just sort of I think it actually I just threw out a hand. It actually hit my hand, hit the ground, bounced up into my hands. Uh, kicked the goal. Yeah, put us in front. Um, it was good after we'd been, what, six goals, six down at half time. Yep, yep. Uh, what, a, what a great comeback. And then uh, I think they took it up the other end, kicked a, a point, and then uh, not long after, Tim Watson sort of kicked the sealer and, and put us, you know, almost two in front. And, and that was that was fantastic. It was um, one of, just a great day. Uh, walking in at half time. Who knows? Uh, Harvest didn't play that day. He was into us. He was carrying on like a pork chop. <laughs> um, like, uh, what? Who was the who general? Said, who uh, was the general at halftime? Was it was it Bomber? Uh, oh, Bomber probably. Yeah, and, you know, Harvest is Harvest is in there ranting and raving as well. But yeah, I would have thought Bomber was the one that was, you know, the, the clear-headed bloke and just saying, okay, this is what we need to do. The deck chairs had been. Swapped around a bit in the first half. I think the boss you know, whacked us back just to how we started in the first quarter. Just mm. said, look, as a, you know, we get momentum. We kick the, the first goal or two. You never know what's going to happen. And that was the thing. We didn't miss in that um, in that third quarter. We just, you know, and Darren Buick had probably the, you know, the best game of his career. Yeah, he kicked yeah. six. Um, and there was there was one goal that we kicked to in the, in the third quarter where we, you know, we... Look, uh, we were probably got us back to about three goals down, and the build-up. Every young bloke touched it. I reckon it was, you know, yeah, the Mark McCurry you know, goal. Yeah, 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 the Mark McCurry goal. It's the loudest roar I've ever heard at a, a game on the, on the field. I've heard louder roars when I've been in the crowd, but um, that was the loud. It, 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 there was a roof on the G. It would have gone off that day. It was, you know, waving in to Fletcher to. Oh. I think it was Oliver Shaw. Yeah, Kelthorpe to Oliver Shaw back inside for Mercury and and he kicked the goal. It was just the expectation of the crowd, oh, um, expecting that it would be a goal, or if it was going to be a goal, it was going to be a beauty. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and, it, and it and it turned out that way. Now, instead of speaking at halftime with clear heads, I'd, I've always picked you, and I'd, I. I hope you'll agree. I've always picked you as sort of a one of Essendon's most uh, like astute thinkers of the game. I'd even when you were captain and stuff, you looked and and I think it might have been reflected in your time um, coaching. Um, have you always liked studying, analysing the game? Is that the way you you go out coaching and or the game? 
Yeah, look, it's a great game to be involved in and, and get the chance to be employed for you know, quite a while post my career, and I really enjoyed that part of it. But um, I, look, as a player, I and I, I hope I was composed most of the time. We we're all not perfect. Even the most composed, most experienced captain, even the Luke, I reckon Luke Hodge is the best I've seen. He would at times still lose control, and uh, but probably when he loses control, it, he gets it back pretty quick. Um, but I thought, I, I hope to be uh, cool, calm, collected as much as I could, but yeah, not, not all the time, but that's the key. As soon as, as soon as you're out of control, the opposition sense that and they're all over you. Um, Dur- during your time as captain, did anybody get any significant mouthfuls? Uh, look, I, Gary I can't, I, no, not really. I wasn't. Look, I had my every so often uh, one or two. One or two got them, but yeah, it was more um, when you open your mouth and then had to back it up, and yeah. so you didn't stick your stick your chin out too often or too much or too far too often because you'd, you'd soon get it whacked. Yeah. Uh, especially, especially in those days, uh, <laughs> they, there was uh, virtually I reckon two cameras at the game, so. Um, yeah, but look, there was a bit of banter, and kind of like the the test, uh, second test of Perth that's just finished. Uh, a little bit of banter like that can um, really break up the game, and and you know you have a win over an opponent uh, verbally doing that without being, without uh, abusing him. Yeah, uh, you're able to you know take the P one double S out of him. So yeah, that's the fun yeah. part. So yeah, that's the fun part. So let's uh, let, let's fast forward to July two thousand and six. Now, not many, not many fans remember this, but you actually have coached the Essendon Football Club, and then you also have the weird stat of not losing or winning <laughs> a game as coach for coach for the Essendon Football Club. Can you talk us about that period? And if, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Dean Solomon injure Sheeds during the week, and that's how you got the gig? He did on the. Uh, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday. Ran through him, and, and that, that that was Sheed. Sheed's likely to be involved in. You'd have to watch out. Sheed didn't run through, through you at times at training. He just okay. loved being involved. And yeah, Dean Solomon cleaned him up. He did his shoulder. He needed like a shoulder reconstruction. Um, oh, and because Dean, Dean Solomon's <laughs> just a, a little fairy of a bloke. Like yeah, he's. Yeah. he's <laughs> Yeah, just ask who Cameron Ling, I think, yeah. when he was at Freo. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think Peter Jackson was more made the decision that, you know, she you drugged up, it's not going to happen. So the week was given to me. Uh, yeah, we had, obviously, other assistant coaches around at that point. I, uh, I think it might have been Dean Wallace. Gary Ayres was there as well. Um, so, yeah, look, I got given the reins, but really it was a joint effort, but, Certainly, uh, to come off the ground and have a draw against the arch enemy, the Blues. Uh, my memories of the game: two goals up with about three, three or four minutes to play, something like that. Might have been five minutes to play, and we we looked really stodgy out out of the back line. Every time we got it, we were turning it over, and so I, I moved. Ricky Dyson down to the back half and to play on bets, but also just to give us a little bit of you know good skill and you know turn on left, his left, little left boot there, Ricky. Yep, turn on his left and just you know hit a target and, and we could 
stay composed for five minutes. Well, next thing, Betts has kicked the last two goals of the game. Uh, <laughs> we've, Eddie, Eddie we've, we've, we've ended up uh, drawing. And I, actually, I thought we were a, uh, a point up at that stage. But, it, look, it was so close to the siren anyway that um, it, uh, the, the damage was done. And, uh, yes, the – well, I don't know whether it's – uh, anyone else has ever done it, but one game, one draw. One draw, Amazing. zero losses, zero wins, <laughs> two points. <laughs> I don't know whether you get a 50% coaching record for it. I'm not no. sure whether it's, you do whether on it's this north podcast. or 100 or 50. You do? Okay. Yeah, no absolutely. Worries, we'll, we'll claim it. We'll absolutely it. claim it. Speaking of coaching, um, was there any possibility of you putting your hand up um, to coach in 20, uh, 2007, the time Nida was uh, being interviewed? No, I would, look. I never saw myself as a, a, a senior coach. Uh, by all means, the uh, in various assistant roles for well, twelve years at Brisbane, six at Essendon. But no, I didn't see myself. And and yeah, that that's I was comfortable what I was doing. Um, just there was a couple of things I didn't think I did well enough to be a senior coach. So so be it. I uh, decided that that was my call or my calling, I suppose. Yeah, I understand. So is, mm. is Brisbane kind of your home now? Um, is that? No, I've. Uh, oh, have you I've, moved back to Melbourne? No, no, I live in Perth. I moved over here for two years, and actually, the last two years have been a breath of fresh air. Not being involved in footy on a weekend and being able to watch footy, either at, you know some of the games over here or just at home on the TV. I watch a heap of footy uh, at a local pub, whatever, but just not to have. You know, then to work on the game or go and look at opposition or, or anything that's involved with being in the coaching box or the coaching staff at a club, that has been a, a breath of fresh air for me. So I'm, I'm working at the Simon Black Academy. Yeah, so tell, us, tell got, us about uh, that. Tell us about what you're doing well, in he's got, Yeah, he's got uh, one in uh, Perth, one in Brisbane, one in Melbourne. They're opening one in Adelaide in the new year. And virtually it's like 18 to 23-year-olds, uh, male and female, um, Footy Academy, they also do a diploma. So four days a week, Monday to Thursday, half the day is physical stuff and half the day is in the classroom doing eight units to do a diploma of sports development. And uh, if they want to go on after that, they can do a bachelor. And uh, I'm their Perth coach, along with a girl called Kelly Gibson, who plays with Frio's women's team. And she's okay. my okay. assistant. And she also does the tutoring of the classes. So... Um, that's where I am at this point. Well, I think it's, it's like what, eight, 18 odd years, like you said, 12 or 13 at, at Brizzy and then six at Essendon. So I think you've, I think you've earned your stripes, uh, Gary, to, to get out and do something different. Yeah. Three lots of six and, uh, yeah, move the family around a fair bit. Um, they're still actually my kids. They're all older now. They live in Brisbane and uh, I'm with a new partner in Perth. So, mm. um, yeah, um, onwards and upwards from here. Yes, indeed. So you mentioned that you, you, you're pretty much just watching footy at the moment. So being probably a, a let's, let's just say an Essendon legend, let's be honest. Uh, looking at Essendon, I guess, list now. So if we're looking at a 2019 Essendon, how are you, how are you feeling like they're shaping and, and did you read much significance into the second half of this year to what might happen next year? Uh, yes, but oh, look, I'm now I've slotted back to that typical uh, AFL supporter that uh, has his favourites, 
has blokes that he doesn't think are good enough, has some that, geez, they're not giving him a go, has some that, you know, <laughs> if with a little bit more time, he'll be okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, the, the list is looking okay, and but and it's really good that the club finished the year off like they did. But it, yeah. and it, can, it, it can take confidence into the next year, but it has no bear, bearing on the following year. It's yeah. um, being able to come to group, you know, add to your list, and, you know, the club's done pretty well in the last couple of years, and with Dylan Shield coming in, that's a positive as well. But, you know, you just got to get the right chemistry and you've got to get it, you know, as soon as you can, everyone yeah. gelling together. And you know, if that you can find that before the season starts, and then you know, hit the hit the season running, have a good start to the year, then anything can happen. But um, yeah, it just just doesn't happen. And um, I'm nervous with the expectation that uh, Essendon have got this year. <laughs> I think but, we all yeah, are. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully all the pundits are right. But you know, you'd take nothing for granted in this game. And, no, I'd, um, I'd agree. We, we, Scotty and I are often debating at the moment. We're looking, going, look, we've got. Um, Sard Stringer Smith, we've got Shield, we've got Francis coming along, we've got some, we've got a good looking list of of um, of players. Scotty and I are sort of debating at the moment. We wonder whether or not Xavier Campbell is gonna like wanders into John Worsfold's office and goes, "Well, Tiger, over to you. Um, <laughs> there's not much else we can do for you other than go and get Dylan Shield and the last three like players we've brought to the club. They've got a they've got a list now that we think can contend in the finals." I just would have whether or not you'd, it would be a situation like that where the, the the management would just look at John and go over to you, big fella. Yeah, look, but everything needs to fall into place too, doesn't it? Injuries, yeah. you, know, you see some of your better players. You know, Joey Danner missed a big chunk last year, mm. and but geez, and without him, they probably played better. But you know, um, he comes back hopefully this year. But you, know, you never know what's going to happen. So you're going to make hay while the sun shines. People think we've got that good haymaking machine. Uh, let's see, see what happens. I like Francis. I like uh, quite a few of the the young kids coming through. There's a Guelphie. He's a nice yeah, one from yeah. out my way now. Um, he actually played at. Uh, I think he's an ex Wembley boy over here in Claremont. So yeah, there's there's some good ones coming through. And you know, with each year that's gone past in the last couple of years, they've got their 15 to 20 games into them and that and that's all you can ask so um just a side question i'm curious one thing's that uh, it's been a a bit of a fan debate and even on this podcast and and it may be just a one year that we should decide not to do this because you wanted to implement something but it's been quite obvious that as a club we haven't looked to tag anyone hard tag like 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 a a proper proper tag tag with with more just we'll compete against you and see what happens how do your I'm just with your footy background do you think there's a, a, a I guess a need for tagging at the moment because I still see sometimes where say um, uh, what's his name the Richmond guy um, uh, oh wow Brownlow mental medalist. knife Me- uh, mental uh, yeah, mental blank uh, oh, thanks <laughs> wow can't believe we just forgot where, that. Yeah. you know Essendon fans would laugh. Every time we play Richmond, we just know Martin's going to destroy it. He's going to get 30 and kick four. But we don't tag him. And I just thought, what are your thoughts on that as sort of a former assistant and I guess sometimes former tagger? I couldn't, like, I can't um, comment on specific players in the opposition, who you'd tag and who, but look, I would come from the philosophy that it's good to have someone in your team that can play that role. Not necessarily start that role, but if things are getting away from you, he can go on to that 
that particular bloke yeah. that's that's really hurting the side. And, and yeah, look, there's different blokes in the opposition too. Some are in and under, and yeah, geez, it's hard to stop them. But you, you yeah. may have to co- cover their outlets almost. You know, cover the blokes they're going to get it to, or they're yeah. the blokes that are just. Yeah, you know, they get 35 touches and, and 28 of them are uncontested. They're the ones that, and the ones that run long and kick it well. They're the ones you 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 really got to look after. So you look, the better teams, I reckon, have all got one, and you know it's, they subtly do it within games for periods, and then let, let release, and then go back on and release, yeah. and that you know the, the teams that can be flexible in that regard. But look, different ways to skin a cat. And uh, yeah. all sorts of premiership teams have won over the course of the journey uh, doing different things. And you've got to have the personnel to do it. So I, I do admit that I, we don't have an obvious... We don't have a Gary O'Donnell floating around. Just <laughs> oh, you, can, to... you, can te- you can teach you can your blokes. Yeah. And, and you know what? The, uh, some, of your better, some of your better players just need to have a little bit of humility. You know, so, mm-hmm. one, you know, so a real good mid, if he's got the humility... To go and close a bloke down for one game, one game in the year, that might be for one quarter in a game. They're the teams and they're the blokes that are really valuable for you. The ones that can swallow their own pride and yeah. do the job. And yeah. shit, it might get them a medal around their neck, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I would always have one, you know, in the tank. Ready to go if, if needed. Beautiful. That might be a quality. <laughs> that might be. Well, Gary, I think we've kept you long enough, um, mate. We really appreciate again you coming onto the podcast. It's um, like you said, we've we put out the the call to the the, the podcast listeners to who they want to hear, and trust us, you got you were at the at the pointy end of the list. Um, we uh, we very much appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, um, can they? Uh, do we have a website for the Summer Black Academy? You want to give that out? There, yes, there is. It'll be I, I, Simon. It'll be um, oh, I, uh, you put me on the spot. Yeah. No, that's okay, man. We, 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 we just if you it'll if be, you Google the Simon Black Simon, Academy, yeah, yeah, absolutely, it'll go straight through. So look, yeah. uh, enrolments are still open for the seventh of January or the twenty fifth of February. So uh, plenty of spots over in Perth if you like to, or and Melbourne, obviously Brisbane and Adelaide. And do you do do you blokes do wild predictions? Uh, absolutely, especially coming from well, you. Well, uh, here's a wild one: the Bombers, if they win the flag, and there's a you know there's a chance if everything falls into place. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Schiller win the Norm Smith. Okay, all right. There I might just chuck so a lazy the, twenty on that. Put that in the bottle, and all right, uh, we'll chuck that in, in the it, vault. Throw it, throw it in Port Phillip Bay, and hopefully no, no one sees it again because <laughs> it might not come through. But um. Yeah, Dylan Shield for Norm Smith, Essendon for Premier. They are. All right, and if, if that happens, we're going to get you back on the podcast. I'll say because I'll have. Uh, he's probably playing a couple hundred to one at the moment. I'll have. No, I'll have a footy. <laughs> I can have my. I can have my uh, two bob on it. And, yes, uh, I'll win. I'll win about twenty bucks. I, I was going to say a couple of a couple of frothies worth of money. You'll be able to afford. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Well, again, thank you very much for your time, Gary. We really appreciate you coming on the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast and um, all the best for the future. No worries, boys. And all the Essendon supporters that have supported through this period where the club's been in dire straits, well done. Hopefully you see the uh, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But well done, Essendon supporters. Trust us. We're uh, we're looking forward to it. We we can't wait for 2019. It's it's, um, absolutely tantalising. Good work, boys. Great. Thanks very much, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Okay. And see you, Grant, Scott. You too, mate.
And that was Gary O'Donnell. A huge thanks to Gary for his time. Uh, we'll come back and talk around about our best 22 and see who's on the peripheral and who may get in. Yep. But we'll, uh, we'll come back to you after the break. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Gary O'Donnell, what a legend and how much fun was it to talk to him? Look, each time we... If people could see us while we're talking to him, like there are... Imagine invisible high fives and smiles. Ear-to-ear grinning, just at the thought of a bloke, like you said, we've said this about halves, I said this about Simon Madden, like it's, it's very cool to be talking to an Essendon captain just to give his time for nothing over there on the other side of the world in Perth. Um, to, to talk to us and give us some insights on his career. So, and he was Gary, so open and honest. And yeah, man, we we love that. Um, and and that 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 whole questioning around his um about his getting knocked out and the effects that yeah. was that was definitely not scripted. That came a bit of left field, but yeah, we, we both a, looked at each other. A, it is a great reminder of what these guys put their bodies through for your club and and to get a win and and uh it's it should never be forgotten yeah absolutely so now the, the thing we wanted to cover off in the in the back end of this podcast today was i don't know just a, a bit of a chat we were i drove scotty uh from the city out to his house um today and we were talking about it in the car almost died three times i did not i'm an excellent driver i'm an excellent driver um players on the periphery of selection now i'm gonna caveat that by saying Players on the periphery of selection, like Kobe Much and, and Dylan Clark and those guys. But I want to include players that now we've got Dylan Shield and Marty Gleason back and Joey Danaher back and these guys. Yeah. How does it all fit? How does it all fit? Is and the the first person that I want to I want to nominate, Patrick Jonathan Ambrose. I don't know if Jonathan was his middle name. <laughs> I just inserted that. Patrick Ambrose. <laughs> what do you think? Is he in our best twenty two? If not, Who's got his position currently? Uh, so, it's funny because when we discuss best 22s, we discussed, like, would we write our own best 22? And I think we both have this feeling, like, we just can't write a best 22 because it's just... Each game changes and tactically and, and what is the best 22 anymore? And, and I, yeah. look, I understand people writing... They're kind of writing what they think is the best players in their positions. Yep. I get that. Uh... If I did in that scenario, I wouldn't have Patrick Ambrose, Jonathan, as you would say. Um, Patrick, Jonathan Ambrose. Uh, I wouldn't have him in the side. I think, unfortunately, for guys like Ambrose, Hartley, and a few others, guys like that, they're in a really awkward position that... They've done nothing wrong. done very little wrong, and we have coming through... What I would say, this is my personal it's a big view, call. It's a big call. is genuine stars, future stars coming through. And I'll mention two guys. Zerk, Zerk Thatcher? And one, is it Zerk, it's Zerk, and, it better be Zerk Thatcher. And unfortunately, it's not Zerk Thatcher. And yet, and yet, trust me, I rate that kid tremendously. I just don't think his body's to where the other guys are. He's going to replace Michael Hurley. It's, it's as simple as that. Zerk Thatcher is, a, is the man. So... It's a very tricky one. And to me, I'm trying to fit three guys into two positions. So tough. That's tough to do. So if we talk about Hurley Hooker, right? They're fixed. Yes, we talk I think about we do that. Saad and McKenna. To me, they're fixed. Fixed. So you've got two guys, and they're most likely going to be rebounding, intercept kind of yep. players. Mid, mid to tall. Yep. 
I'm going to lock in Aaron Francis because you can't ignore that last four weeks. And now he's actually fit. Agreed. So I would expect, (coughs) and I think the club and everyone would expect, he is a lock-in. So I have one position left, and I'm fighting it between Gleeson and Jordan Ridley. Now, people might be surprised at me mentioning Jordan Ridley, but I've seen enough of this kid in the VFL and on the training track to say that this kid, I genuinely think this kid will be a star, and that's the nagging voice in my head of the ability I think this kid has that I don't think many have probably seen as yet for, um, unless you're kind of that diehard guys that go to the VFL mm, and mm. just see and, and you know he has games where he might get 15 possessions he might have two or three of the greatest sort of <coughs> skillful moments or class uh, and, and clasping a key word which that, is wildly important coming out yeah. of the back line right and yeah so for me we have had a history of had turnovers from our half back. And I personally believe I really like the Hawthorne model. Like I like the fact that they have a model that basically picks guys that use the ball so well that it's actually, you don't get to touch it. It's virtually impossible to actually get it off them because their, their skill level is so high. And so I look at that and go, well, who have we got? And then I go, if I put Ridley's actual, just natural defending talent, and then I put his right foot, foot, which I regard as probably in the top five in the club. Yeah. I can't help but think I want Jordan Ridley in that side. Okay. But my problem is, is Gleason is one of my favourite players and people of all time. Okay, so we're, we're putting John O'Andrews, <laughs> uh, John O'Ambrose, number three. He's number three. We're not going to say why or anything like that, but... You have tied currently at number one, Marty Gleason and Jordan Ridley, or because Gundy ahead. Yeah, in that position, who gets picked? Yeah, Ambrose is third to me. Okay, because right. look, there's no doubt um, Gleason before his injury was killing it. Like yeah. he was really improving. I personally believe I always have concerns about guys coming off long-term injuries around the ankle area, around that kind of. It's taken him a long time to get over this injury, and even now he's only just doing running. And okay, so my gut feeling is I'm cautious on his output for next year. Okay, so That's take what... take take the splinters out of your bum for a moment from sitting on the fence. If Marty Gleason is signed off by Doc Reed as fit to go, fit to go, right? Fit to go. He's had a good time to get over his injury. He's had a preseason ish. Fit to go, all is well. Jordan Ridley's fit to go and all is well. Who does Scott McNeese pick? Damn you. Um, I, I really don't know. I, it's like, they're so equal. Um, do I go future or do I go now? And Yeah, least, there you go. That's the question. And I mean, Gleason's not that old, to be honest. So it's probably never, probably a dud question. But um, I'm going to go Gleason and make Ridley earn it. Okay. Okay, see, now, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, Marty Gleason is... He was first picked down there. He's one of the yeah. first picked when, when before he got injured. Hmm. Jordan Ridley has done nothing wrong, and congratulations to Jordan. But you're just sitting at number two, Tiger. And, and he's young, yeah. right? And let, and let me say, 
I'm genuine when I say Zerk Thatcher is a serious play coming through. Ooh, Our Maggie. defending talent. I know insane. it's a bit nuts at the moment. Like, it's it's insane. Like, yeah, it's, it's just an area of the ground that we have real. And if the thing is though, if if you if you looked at it and went, oh look, Marty Gleason and and um, and uh, Jordan Ridley yeah. both missed the team bus or something and couldn't get to the G in time and you had to play Paddy Ambrose, you'd go, fine. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. There's, yeah, yeah. there's no problem there. Like, Paddy Ambrose is going to be incredible. He's going yeah. de- to devour people running around in the VFL. Yeah. My, I think the inside of me, I wonder if Jordan Ridley will end up being entertained as a midfielder. You have mentioned that they you see him often in the midfield group at training. Yeah, and it's just something that's in the back of my mind. And I can see the common sense of it. It would solve it. a problem, yeah. wouldn't it? I can, I can see the sense of it because of his height. His, yeah. The way he moves is very classy. And the way he... Smooth. And the way he uses the ball. I can see why they would think that would... That's a juicy midfielder. Ooh, we if could we could make a mid out of this kid. Now yeah. we are famous for making defenders into mids. Yes. So I usually don't promote that, <laughs> but I can see it. Like I, I can see this kid being uh, a very good wing kind of yeah, classy yeah. Yeah. mid. Uh, so interesting one. Okay. Um. So the the two young kids in the midfield, Kobe March and Dylan Clark, on the periphery. What do we think? I and, mean, we can and probably adding Guelphie, and adding Guelphie. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, in the periphery, now we've just signed one of the better mids in the comp. Uh, do those kids have to see? Like, is there need to be injury before those kids see minutes? Look, clearly the club has Guelphie ahead out of the, the the three guys, but they have him in the back line. They had him in the back line as a as probably a bit of a stopper part uses the ball. I mean, like I said, like we were talking about Gary O'Donnell, I mean, I don't know if you heard me, but Guelphie's an interesting prospect if you ever wanted to entertain the idea of having a tagger. If you go, okay, we're at the top four or six kind of echelon of, yeah. of, of AFL, we're and we want to go to that Martin. next stage, and, yeah. and, and, and we need someone as a shutdown role, he's the interesting one for me for that role. I, I can really see that as being... He's got a defensive mindset. Yeah. He can play mid fine when he gets the ball, but he's got a great one-on-one defensive game about him. Uh, it's just an intriguing one for me. I, mm. I, I wouldn't... If someone said, oh, Guelphie's coming off the bench and, and to do a kind of a shutdown role, I wouldn't blink at mm, all. It would be go, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with that. I, I can see that. Uh, his body looks a bit better now in the preseason, just judging by photos. Uh, so he, he'll, he'll elevate... And and Harves loves him, and that's you know, you... yeah, which is half a battle. <laughs> yeah. Um. So how does how does Kobe and Dylan get a game? Look, from all reports, they're both going really well. Yeah. So I have heard reports that Clark is is kicking better again. Yeah. And that's what I want to hear. I mean, that's that's all Dylan Clark. I mean, Dylan Clark it's is getting every possession in the world. Is a smooth kicking action away from being. Part from, of our midfield yeah, rotation. from going yeah. three to nine, yeah. you know, in, in as far as output. He, he's got everything, one-on-one, body strength, getting the ball. Yep. It's his, that's his forte, that's his skill. Leading just, the VFL. It's just, in all honesty, when he gets the ball... is He tends to, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he tends to, uh, and 
and I liken him a little bit to sometimes Kobe much in this. Their next development, and they're still young, so yeah, they've it got is, time. It's, it's sincerity in the word development. Yeah, is how can when we get the ball, use it with speed and with purpose because both of them have a habit of doing twenty meter short kicks and going a little bit sideways, and I don't think the club wants that for the style of game they want. I think our style of game will be you get the ball, you turn around, you look for something straight away. It's constant, fast ball movement. Okay. And they've got a lot of attributes and that's just their next stage. Yeah, cool. Okay. But real, I'm going to go to quite a few VFL games and I I really want to study them this year and see how Mm. they're progressing. I hope they can take a, a Langford step. Both... I'm hearing positive things. Yeah, I hope like he they can they can be given the same sort of opportunities that um, that Langford did. All right, kids improve. Yeah, and Langers did, and now he's part of our midfield. So yep. that'll be interesting to look at. All right, so we're going to wrap it up. But the, an interesting one for me, and again, the conversation we had was um, s- just just quickly before you oh, go. Okay, I'm going to ask you, and I, I need to ask you a challenge. Okay, our forwards line up. Yeah. Okay, so let's go through it. We have Fantasia. Gun, Waller. Gun, Joe Danaher. Gun, uh, Stringer. Jakey boy. Uh, who fits the final two? Um, and I'll give you some names. So you're gonna have Laverde, McKernan, um, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Bags. Uh, Bags. Um, Devin Smith. Devin Smith is a pinch. As yeah, a pinch, pinch kind of bloke down there. All right. Um, so we've got, in a pocket, we've got Orazio. And Laverde being the very interesting one, isn't it? He's a very interesting player this year, uh, Laverde. I, I want, I've said this to you. I want Jaden Laverde in my side. Every time I walk past him at training, uh, I, he's 18 <laughs> foot tall and looks like if you could build a prototype AFL footballer, yeah. Jaden Laverde's it. He's a prototype AFL footballer. I honest to goodness don't think we've got the best out of that kid yet. I... Oh, and, and that the obvious reason is because his body's let him down. Yeah, that is but, also very true. But he has to. I Hopefully I go to training in when I come back early January. Yeah. I would actually like to see him kicking for goal on his kicking action. Because I'm hoping, to, and I'm liking it to a little bit of Ben Simmons, but um, I'm hoping someone reconstructs. His kicking, uh, his kicking action. His kicking action. Get down there again. Yeah. Um, he's, because it's his next stage. If he wants to be a high half four that goes for the mid, he cannot have the ball dropping on his foot in that action okay. repeatedly so, because it's it's consistently going to miss half the time. <coughs> um, Excuse me. So he, he has to have... The ball drop to his foot has to be uh, at a better level. Okay. Um, so hopefully that's been what talked right. about. So right back at you. We've mentioned this in the past on Jaden. Where do they play him? Like, will yeah. Essendon make a decision on what he is? Because I think that's one of the things that, I don't know if it's holding him back, but I, I wonder if it confuses him. Yeah. Because one minute he's a midfielder, the next minute he's up forward. They don't know where, like, they've dropped him down to the reserves. What is he? Well, I mean, you would have to say 80% of the time they've put him as a forward. Yeah. And then late last year, or probably even mid last year, they decided in the VFL just to say, we're going to put you on the midfield and see how you go. Now, I've thought for a couple of games, it's the best I'd seen Laverde look. And the reason I say that because 
it looked like he wasn't thinking about the game. Like there was a bit more instinct in his game. Like as a forward, I always found like he was learning the craft, learning how to do, um, I guess, set leads. Even his kicking action, it looks completely mm. is quite kind of different for to field just, kicking. Yeah, just field kicking. Yeah. Um, and when he went to the midfield, he had a, a better instinct about him. I went, oh, that looks much better and smoother. So. We've picked up Dylan Shield. That's the very hard See, part. See, that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, now, if he's a high half forward... How do you knock off a Parrish and McGrath? I you mean, don't. That's the thing. If he's, a high, if he's a high half forward, I hope we play him there. Yeah. I hope we play him there and teach him how to kick it. Yeah. I'll, look, goals. I will say, as much any one uh, best improved player after 11 years, but there's no doubt David Myers still has to continue being in good form. And he's the kind of player yeah. that either if injuries curse him again and, and touch wood, it doesn't. Yep. Or his form just is not of a level maybe where the team is rising. He's the kind of player you go, Leverde would be a... There's another big body mid another, who's yeah. capable of being in there. So we've got options left and right. Mm. But to answer your question... Well, who do you like out of McKernan and... And, and Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. And then right. that's really... It comes down to these guys that seems to be 50-50 and fighting for a spot. With Joey D back. And With Joey an, D back, yeah, yeah. That's an important okay. aspect to this. I love I love what Smack's done to his career. He's been around the, the shop a little while. Um, I think Essendon got him over as some assurance. And then Smack, when Jimmy was dropped and, and stayed dropped, um, he put his hand up. He did He time. presented. He started taking marks. He was kicking goals over his shoulders. He was doing all sorts of stuff, right? The, the the rap that that's always ever been on on smack is that sometimes he can't do that consistently right but he kind of showed three out of four times now he's going to be able to do it the to answer your question i would have jimmy stewart in the side i like i like him as a prototypical center half forward mm-hmm. and when before he was dropped for whatever reason he was dropped well, we kind of know that he was running around where he shouldn't have. Yep. Um, him and Joey worked well together. Yeah, they did. The previous year... They worked really, they worked really, really well together. Yeah. yeah, so I I just think... You think, like, Wusha would remember that. I mean, obviously it will, but... Yeah. They'll go, now that Joey's back, it really did kind of work well, the the Joey and... And Jimmy wasn't... But McKernan, <laughs> it's, it's very hard. Oh, it's hugely hard, it's, man. It's like, each, whoever lines up, you're not going to... No, gonna, it's a bit like the, the Gleason the thing. Yeah. You go, oh, Smack's playing this week. Wicked. Good. Fine. Mobile, yeah. centre-half, forward, pinch hit in the ruck, whatever you need. Oh, Jimmy's playing this week. Jimmy, yeah. excellent. He's going to be a gun. And it's so difficult for us. And we, as we sort of said to Gary O'Donnell in the, um, in the interview, we sort of said, I wonder if I wonder if Xavier's just walked into to, to John Worsfold's yeah. office and gone, over to you, Tiger, because yeah. he's got options everywhere. Do you know, just a side note with McKernan, I wonder if clubs do this, and I'm sure they do. Um, McKernan, obviously, on, on odd occasions, pinch hits in the ruck, as you just said before. Yeah. Now, when he is there, he gives away a mountain of free kicks. He does. I think he f- and, he knows he's undersized. For me, if they're going to go down that path and say, look, we McKernan's probably ahead, and we're going to have one ruckman, but McKernan... Can we get an actual development in his rucking technique and skill then? Because we cannot have that situation where he just holds a guy, 
t- yeah, or just you know, just, just does something silly. Yeah, yeah, just shoves a guy out of the way. It's an it's quite an obvious free kick. Yeah. He, we have to just there are the little things I just want us to get smarter at and go well yeah. if, you, if you're going to do that role we're actually going to teach you a bit of rut craft so you're actually just a little bit better at it and, and we can stop the free kicks and or, you don't have to beat Aaron Sandlance we, no. and you don't have to beat Nick Knack we know you're not going to do sometimes that sometimes just right? make the contest and just and, lean on him and and Sheil and Happel have got the IQ to know that who they need to rope they need to, to rope <laughs> exactly right yeah so um yeah, so um, do, do us a favor if you've um, if you've got a best twenty two, um, or if you've got a, a list of players that you want us to uh, to comment on any sort of fringe uh, players from the club, shoot us a, a message to the uh, the lunchtime catch up podcast Facebook page. Yeah, um, you can uh, shoot it through to us on Twitter, and um, we couldn't get the lunchtime catch up podcast on Twitter, so it's the lunch catch up um, on Twitter. Yeah, but um, the lunchtime catch up podcast uh, Facebook page, you can get um, back to us. Um, let us know what you thought of this episode. Ask us any questions you like. We've been getting some good feedback um, and some messages uh, through there we've been replying to. So we really appreciate that. Now, I think we, we need to wrap it up considering we've been jarring away for an hour. Exactly. And look, I'm going to give my little hit pick for next year. Just my... Ooh, my bit like Gary's. This, yeah, like, this is my yeah. random hit pick. Ooh. That... And, Brrr, I, and, I, and I, say, I say this because I've had a few conversations about this player in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And let's just say... They're talking very positively. It's Zerk Thatcher. And I will say, no, it's it, not. It is. Oh. I will say by round 20 next year... Ariel Steinberg will be back at the t- at the club. <laughs> no, he'll be, no. be at your office. I know. Oh, you can talk about that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Draper will be heavily pushing Bell Chambers for the main ruck spot. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. I've heard very good things about his progression on marking, kicking, Ooh. and and some, uh, I guess, full full ground drills where he looks quite impressive. Yeah, if not, sometimes the better. Okay, so ooh, Sammy's Scotty's little hit pick for next year. Sammy's the one to look out for. Keep an eye out. Get down to the VFL game and support the boys. Now, you'll laugh at this, but you rang me this afternoon to say what. Uh, now, I tell you what. Everybody that's listened to this podcast read any post I've ever put on um, True the Red Sash. <laughs> with their eyes rolling. With their eyes rolling. With your, um, I don't understand why you do that. but um, Or the Lunchtime Catch-Up Facebook page knows that I am a massive fan of one of the greatest sort of unrealized football talents in AFL history. I'm talking about the NFL place kicking legend that is Ariel Steinberg. It's it's just tragedy that he's not playing at the club, but I've moved on. Um, but what is I'm entirely <laughs> what is entirely strange, right, is that I, I I mentioned Ariel a couple of times. I probably should do it more. I don't know that you guys have heard it enough. But um, here I am, right. I work in um, in Collins Street in the city in Melbourne CBD. There I am just heading out of the office, just thinking lunchtime catch up podcast, looking at my phone and guess who I walk out of the elevator. Guess who walks into the elevator in my building? The A train himself, (laughs) Mr. Ariel Steinberg. What are the odds of that? You are obviously starstruck. On my mum's left eye, I swear it was Ariel Steinberg. So here am I thinking all of those things that I was going to say to the man, the myth, the legend, when I saw him next. You froze. Totally froze. (laughs) I can talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles. I totally froze in Ariel Steinberg. Now, I tell you what, 
I'm like 6'3". He's got two, three inches on me. He's a tallish arrangement. That's a good joke there, but yes. <laughs> In height. Look at you go. So yes, look, I, 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 can, I can probably die a happy man now. Um, I, although I probably will stick around for the next Bombers um, Premiership. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm now on Ariel Hunt. Yes. Ariel Hunt, to get him on the podcast and to actually get a photo with the man, prove that I'm not lying, but to get Ariel Steinberg on the, pod, on the podcast, I now have to hunt Ariel in my office. <laughs> yes. Hopefully he wasn't just there for a meeting with a completely different company and I'll never see him again. But I want to now hunt down Ariel Steinberg. Right. Week one of the Ariel Hunt has begun. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that, audience. Uh, well, look, let's wrap it up. Uh, we just want to both say again how humbled and, and grateful we are for all your support. We want to wish everyone uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, I'm not going to go onto it too much, but in light of the news today... Um, it's sometimes a tough year for people, and um, especially this time of year. People, you don't maybe you don't think that it's been tough for them. Yep. Uh, look, from personal experience, even me this year, I've had a few hard times with, with some family losses. Uh, reach out to someone. Reach out to someone that you can trust and love, and always get it out. Just make sure you communicate it. And um, put, especially, I mean, uh, this goes doubly for the ladies, but especially you boys that want to sit there and just nah I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine all that kind of pardon my French crap it, if you're not put your hand up boys um, yep. get out there and girls but put your hand up boys it's okay to admit you need a hand so yeah we just want to uh, wish everyone a, a Merry Christmas again thanks so much for your support uh, we'll um, we'll still be a little bit on social media but we're going to take a break uh, have a, a, a much deserved holiday yes indeed and we'll be back hopefully early jam with a few training reports and we'll yep. give you a bit of an update of where things are happening at the club absolutely so again thanks so much everyone and um, this is us signing off for 2018 go bombers go bombers